Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Portico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. New York has some of the most ambitious climate goals in the nation. But there's one big player with massive influence trying to make the state's climate policies fit their agenda. Private and public unions. Unions are huge in New York, and they hold pretty remarkable sway since politicians are eager for their endorsements, meaning they can squash or vigorously back a bill, and their voices are often heard. So today, I check in with Politico's Marie French on exactly how influential unions are in New York, what they want out of the state's climate policies, and how Greens are reacting. It's Tuesday, July 19th. Marie, your recent reporting has looked at how New York's powerful public and private unions are growing their influence over the direction of climate policy in the state. So just how large is New York's unionized workforce and how influential are they? New York's unions historically have always been fairly powerful in the state. And right now, about 22% of the state's workforce is still unionized. It's more workers in a union than any other state. And interestingly, a higher percentage of any workforce in a union except for Hawaii, which uh, beats us out by a couple ticks there. Wow. And what's the relationship between New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, and these unions? Hochul has obviously kind of embraced the labor movement, as most Democratic politicians in New York do. She's definitely uh, secured more endorsements than the Republican candidates and secured more endorsements in the Democratic primary, which she won, than any other candidate from labor. Definitely, they've been supportive. They've boosted her, appeared with her at rallies, had her speak at panels at events with their members, and generally been very close. And she has embraced them as well as a key part of policymaking, including on the climate. Right. So how has the tight relationship between the governor and unions impacted the shaping of the state's ambitious draft climate plan, which aims to achieve net zero emissions. What's generally been the influence of unions on that? I think we'll see more about that as we get toward the final plan. But significantly, Hochul replaced one of Cuomo's appointees with a with one of her appointees, who is uh, the head of the AFL-CIO here in New York. The broad coalition of AFL-CIO in New York represents 2.5 million workers in many industries, including power plant workers, people in the gas industry, transportation workers, and many other sectors, with a pretty diverse array of interests on the climate plan. So I think we'll know more about that. They're definitely pushing for more protections for workers as part of this draft climate plan. They're pushing for consideration of all types of fuels, including biofuels, and more consideration for things like green hydrogen. Yeah. Have we seen any specific policies that are being considered or maybe aren't being considered because of union priorities, which, as you state in your story, I mean, they're looking to renewable energy, there's opportunities as a way to boost their membership. But at the same time, they do want to stave off potential job losses from the fossil fuel industry. 
So one way we've definitely seen that is in previous legislative sessions, unions have been very successful in getting lawmakers to pass requirements for things like labor peace agreements, prevailing wage, for any renewable energy projects that involve any type of state subsidy or contract. So that's really been a big focus for them in terms of concrete policies that they feel will help boost their membership and help ensure these new jobs in renewable energy are high-paying jobs. Right. And how have we seen the environmental community kind of react to this influence of unions in New York over climate policymaking? Is there generally an alliance there or is there some tension? There's definitely some tension, I think, particularly around a proposal to ban gas in new construction, new buildings. But also in New York, we have sort of a coalition that tries to include labor as much as possible as part of their environmental push. They're known as NY Renews, and they were the coalition that pushed for like the predecessor to what became the state's extremely ambitious climate law. And that coalition has really worked to try to sort of embrace labor, listen to labor's concerns, while also keeping on the path of pushing for aggressive climate action. Right. And so does it look like things are going the direction of the environmental community as far as the gas ban? So we're not going to see anything on that in the climate plan for New York going forward? You know, is that a win for the union? How have they reacted to that? Well, the gas ban is still in the draft climate plan. We'll have to see what the final includes, but I think everyone broadly expects that to stay in there because of how essential it is to actually achieving the emissions reductions that are targeted. Whether that plan actually gets implemented into reality is sort of another question, and I think unions will definitely play a key role in sort of deciding how it's implemented, how quickly, what concessions might need to be made for workers in the fossil industry. Also, countries across Europe are facing record-breaking temperatures as a searing heat wave sweeps through Europe. At the same time, the energy impacts of Russia's invasion of Ukraine continues to also hurt the continent. Most notably, according to Germany's energy regulator, the threat of gas shortages will hang over Germany for the next two winters. But even if Russia stops supplying Germany with natural gas, other countries like Norway, the Netherlands, and Belgium could help toward making up the shortfall. For context, the European Commission is poised to publish a winter energy plan for EU governments called, quote, save gas for a safe winter. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.